What's up? This is Brandon London, and you're listening to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. You hear that? The Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Let's go, Giants. Welcome back, Giants fans, the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. This time we are 75% British, 25% Irish, but absolutely still 100% Giants. It's a full house for a Friday night special. We're on the beers. It's Dan, Kev, Shane and producer Craig back in the house to uh, bring you a bonus episode from this week. Uh, to review the full 2023 schedule that was released last Friday morning. Uh, plus, coming up throughout, we have a, a couple of special announcements to uh, to make regarding the upcoming season. So uh, stay tuned for those, won't you? How are we doing, lads? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Sorry, I'm just trying to uh, get out. I'm trying to get everything in order. It's a bit rusty, you know, for the last, uh, is it two weeks, I think? So, yeah, just trying <laughs> to get everything um, Get back into the swing of the pod now. And, yeah, you know, looking forward to talk about the, the schedule. I think we're all itching for it to come out and uh, it's long overdue when it finally did. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. So glad the, the schedule to come out. I know people say, you know who you're playing anyway. I understand that. But being able to sort of like plan stuff, you know, um, especially like the way the something like uh, primetime games, what games can we see? What the games are we going to unfortunately miss? Because unfortunately with the time difference over here, um, not very rare that you'll be able to watch every single uh, game live. So it's good to see what games, you know, you can 100% see what the cheeky Mondays you can get off to be able to see Sunday night football and stuff like so. It's not, I, I like it to come out and be able to plan those types of things. And to see the running as well, to see does it start heavy, does it end heavy, you know, where does uh, the challenges lay in the season? When does the bye week come as well? Yeah, it's, it all makes a big difference into how we think the teams um, kind of how they're going to do this season. You know, if we get an easy start, we think we might have the momentum to run through. If we get a tough start, it could be hard. It could be hard to kind of g the troops up after a couple of losses. So, you're right, absolutely, Kev. the 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 list of teams comes out very quickly, as we know. Um, but it's a very different game when you see who you're playing, how short the weeks are. Um, and everything like that. Um, and just before I move on, I just want to say thank you to anybody who watched uh, our midweek episode with Jeff Pilgrim or El Jefe, as he's wider known, and a big thanks to Jeff as well for coming on. Um, it, it went down well in the uh, in the pod chat. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, did go down well in the pod chat. Shout out as well to Dan getting on at work. Dan getting paid and it, also jumping on the podcast. Yeah. Damn, damn straight, damn straight. No, I just had to come on and say uh, evening to uh, El Jefe, so I couldn't miss the opportunity really. But um, going back to yeah, going back to the Wednesday, I'm um, just wanting to say shout out to El Jefe and uh, and to you as well, Craig, because you did another cracking job uh, taking my seat and hosting the pod, mate. So you're giving me a run for my money. So uh, maybe maybe I should be a bit careful. Maybe I'm on a hot seat, you know. You might be taken over from me anytime soon. But um, Joe, Joe Judge, time. going back to the. <laughs> Yeah, no, you know. But um going back to the schedule, it's um it's always that time of year that when you're sort of waiting for it to come out and then the day before it comes out, you see so many leaks on Twitter that by the time the schedule is actually released, you already know 
who we're going to play and when we're going to play them pretty much. I think we had it, I think one game difference maybe. So yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was cool when it was finally announced, but yeah, we were, we were very close with our prediction. Um, And for those regular viewers and listeners, you know, obviously this isn't our usual slot, but as none of us can make it during the week, we thought what better way to round off the week uh, than to dive into our schedule a little bit deeper, which is what we're going to do this evening. Um, but yeah, going back to the uh, the episode of Wednesday, um, it was a it was a cracking chat for the, the ten minutes that I was on with you, Craig and uh, and El Jefe. But um, what was your favourite part of it? I want to find out what your favourite part of it was because uh, it was a really good listen. This is going to sound really strange, but me and Jeff have spoken a few times on Twitter because I don't know if the listeners know this, but uh, we all dabble in the Twitter, but uh, a lot of the time I'll take the reins on it um, without my boss knowing in the background um, <laughs> during the day. Uh, and I speak, I've spoken to Jeff quite a few times by a DM or just in little conversations. And I think one thing that was quite clear from watching it back is that it felt like two mates chatting and it did very much feel like that, almost like I knew him better than I had done, considering it was the first time that we had ever spoken really face to face. And just, he's such a naturally funny bloke. He's just so easy to talk to and he knows his stuff. So I think I think we had an opening where I had uh, my little run through of everything I wanted to go through and it just went out the window straight away because he just, he just cracked on, he just cracked on and it ended up just being a conversation. Um, and I think, I think that's just the, the best way it should go. Um, and I think it came across. I just loved every second of it. I thought it was a really good pod. Yeah, mate, you'd, uh, you did a great job. Um, and it was a great listen. It, it just sounded like two mates just chatting really. And it was, uh, it's really good listening to it on the way to work uh, the last couple of days. So, uh, that's awesome. Well done for it. It's great listen. I love to say, really. Um, before we get into the schedule, though, um, episode three of Giants Live dropped last night. Have you watched it yet? Yep. Straight away. Yeah. I think I watched it one minute before it was scheduled to be released. I literally, like, as soon as it came up on my phone this morning when I woke up, I was like, watch. Um, and I think I woke up. At seven o'clock, I watched it earlier this morning. Um, but what was your favorite part? <laughs> I put this up on Twitter earlier. I don't know if anyone saw it. Um, did anybody else love seeing Haddy mm-hmm. do a little bit of a dance yeah. move while he was on the skates? He looked like yeah, he was man. living his best life. Yeah, he, he was loving the role of this guy, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think for me, the interesting bit was just like seen inside the war room or the draft room, whatever you want to class it as. I don't really use the word war these days. But, you know, that's what I'm going to call it. Um, but, yeah, it was like I, I didn't want to see more in the sense of, like, not necessarily you want longer duration, but I feel like that's what everyone says. Oh, yeah, we need longer, we need longer. But I just wanted to see more in the terms of the, the conversations that we're having with other teams and with each other about potential prospects and that. Uh, I'd just love to have like, got a little bit more behind the scenes footage of that. Yeah, the same. I mean, it was so good to see sort of like how things unfold. I think one of the big things for me was the um, the conversations they were having when it was coming to pick 57. And you could see they very much had two people in mind. And um, I, I know these things can be edited, but like the, the way it was said was, you know, it was either John Michael Smith or Hyatt. 
th- th- those were the two picks. Those were two people they wanted. And when the Bears jumped in front of them, I truly believe they thought the Bears were going after the center, John Michael Smith. I really do. And then when they went defense and took the corner, um, just the relief and stuff, yeah. and you, oh. you know, you know, you can see the happiness in the room that yeah, you know, we got our guy. And then to be able to go and get him again to get Hyatt in the third round, um, I just think it's phenomenal. You know, they they they, they knew they only wanted to give up the fourth. That's what came across. They knew they only wanted to give up their fourth, and um, they saw the earliest possibility for the fourth to come into play to trade up. Um, they did so, and they got the guy that they were obviously very, very happy to take at 57. So, yeah, so it was a really, really good watch. It was really interesting. I think I've got two favourite parts. I can't, I can't choose between them. But my first favourite part was Lawrence Tynes predicting the, the two picks. Lawrence yeah, Tynes, yeah. what a done. Second favourite part was uh, when Dave was like, was it Dave or was it Shane that said, let's rock, should we roll the dice and trade back? <laughs> oh, shame, wasn't it? Roll the dice and trade back. It was like, hmm, someone's got some balls. No, that was never going to happen. I think he was saying that to wind Dable up, you know. I think, like, it was a bit, it was a bit of a tongue in cheek comment, like, but it was so, but it's, it's so good to see. It's so refreshing to see, you know, a, a GM who actually, you know, is competent, knows what he's doing, and you can see all the decisions he makes are just like clever and they make sense. And two, being able to see the relationship they both have, which I believe you need in this NFL going forward. You need the GM and head coach to be on the same page. And these two obviously are. And you can see how comfortable they are with each other. Uh, and it is a breath of fresh air. And it was just, uh, and these, we always say these episodes aren't long enough. You know, it just gives such great insight. Yeah, it's, uh, it's always a good insight watching Giants Live. I think this is probably one of my favorite episodes to date. Um, it was just so cool to see inside the war room you know and, and see not just that sort of those conversations between uh between daves and shane and you know as he's now known traded daves you know it's uh it was really cool to see that and you know the camaraderie between the two they've obviously got such a great relationship just the two of them um and they they just think along the same wavelength all the time don't they clearly they, they do yeah. just just quick quick note about the trade as well like did anyone catch dave saying um or shane saying that dave's a talk to um, McVeigh the night before, so does that sort of say that they were in the conversations? If their board was wiped out, they had a deal in place to move back out of the first round, which we all talked about. Talked about might happen. So you know, just interested to know if these conversations were going on. They, I believe they had a deal in place for to move back to with the Bills, and they obviously had a, a deal a deal in place to move back with the Rams in the second round. So you know, it's just great to see that you know we stood um, and, and picked up. Well, we didn't stay. We moved, actually moved up, which I think was a good move to get our man. But it's good to know that, you know, if our, if our first-round board's wiped out and we are in an awful position of not having first-round talent on the board, that these uh, movements were in place to be able to trade back. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's so good to hear. I think... Um... Yes, uh... Go on, Dad. Go on, no, go, go. <laughs> I think that the other thing that I looked a lot, which has been overlooked by a lot of people, it feels like, is... The conversation back to the NFL combine that they didn't show on the previous episode with Sexy Dexy and Joe Shane saying to Dexter, you know, let's get something done. Like they didn't show that last time, but that was for obvious like, reasons. <laughs> it, it was just something that I just thought was it's probably been overlooked a little bit due to like a lot of the draft stuff and that. But it was just good to see, you know, you can kind of see from the the, the chat they're having that they genuinely did want to keep him there. And, you know, I mean, I've just turned into like a massive. Dexter Lawrence fan, in all, in all fairness. Like, I liked him anyway, but like any content with Dexter Lawrence, I'm like, yes, 
here we go, sexy Dexy. Um, talk my neighbours don't hear me saying that too loud. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's obviously really, really cool just to see something that's probably can't be looked for for obvious reasons with the draft. Yeah, I think he's quickly become one of my favourite players as well. Um, just the fact that it, it just seemed like there was never any doubt in his mind that that deal wouldn't get done. He wasn't going anywhere else, wasn't looking anywhere else. There's no, there's no other option in his mind but to get that deal done. So, you know, the whole 20 minutes of it, I was just sat there with a massive grin on my face throughout most of it because it was really cool. Just just really cool. And I just wish these episodes were so much longer. Make them an hour long, Giants. Come on, sort it out. You know, an hour long episode would be would be sweet as I would sit there and watch that all day long. Anyway, we are moving on. Uh, we're going to talk schedule. Uh, with 2023 schedule announced last week, we've had time to digest it a little bit and it's going to be a pretty tough 18 weeks, that's for sure. Um, coming up week one, uh, we're going to dive straight in week one uh, and week 10 as well. Um, it's been a couple of years since we opened against Dallas, so uh, the league's reverted back to normal and uh, this year we've uh, begin the season on Sunday night football at home to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and then we also go on the road in the reverse game in week 10. Uh, Dallas had a rough start to last year, losing to Tampa Bay, losing quarterback Dak Prescott to injury. Um, Cooper Rush stepped in and won five straight, and despite some sort of ups and downs throughout the season, they actually obviously secured a, a spot in the playoffs. Eventually beating, uh, eventually being beaten in a div- divisional round by San Francisco after beating the Bucks on Super Wildcard Weekend. Cowboys to start the season, lads. What do you reckon? I feel like I'm in the minority that doesn't mind it. Like, I know a lot of people can't like moan about, like, oh, yeah, it's K boys again, week one. But we have had a couple of seasons with it off now. I think Tennessee last year, Denver the year before, and then was it Dallas? So I, I don't mind. The only thing I don't like is, like, I don't like being point time. Like, I hate point time, mainly because it means it, we have to stay up later than we'd actually like to. Um, but, you know, we, we get to be on, on national TV and, and Sky Sports and that. But, yeah, I, I've got no issues with it being Dallas week one. Uh, you know, I think it's important we get, we get at least one win against them this year. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, Dallas off the back is a big marquee game. You know, it's on national te- television, Sunday Night Football. It's at home. It's not at Jerry's World, which is good. Um, and I, I don't put too much on one game, but... If we can come out with a win against a solid Dallas team in week one at home in front of our fans, it you know really, really sets, a, sets us up well for, for, for the rest of the games and the rest of the, um, the season. I mean, I'm not saying like it will make or break our season, but it will just really give us that push forward. So, yeah, OK, let's really go on and take the season by, by the scruff of the neck. Yeah, if you have a look at some of the games that we've got across the season, there are a couple of teams who obviously struggled last year. Um, but if you look at the Cowboys, they're, they're a team that went to the playoffs. They've got a, a good quarterback at, uh, who's under contract, who's proven. Their receiving core is is, is pretty good. Uh, they've got a, a very good core as a team. So I think as a contest and as a challenge, why not start week one? Why not get get you know something tough there and then? and really find out where you're at straight away and see what we're going to be like on that first opening run. Yeah, man, and that's not to forget the uh, number one overall ranked player under the age of 25 by PFF, Michael Parsons. You know, he's an absolute baller on defence and he's 
he's no doubt going to cause havoc on that offensive line. It's going to be a huge test for a JMS in the middle with come on come week when. So uh, it's a tough start to the season. But I, I'm with you, Shane. I don't actually mind starting at the Cow- against the Cowboys. To be fair, I think it's a it'll be a good start. Um, it's a tough start, and it, you know it can create huge momentum getting a win in week one against a divisional rival. Uh, and and the Cowboys, obviously, we all love to beat the Cowboys. We haven't beaten them for two for look way too long so it'd be nice to start off 2023 with a big big fat w at home against dallas so i'm looking forward to it already roll on uh september the 10th is it 9th 10th 11th something like that isn't it yeah yeah the 10th 10th yeah all right craig i know we uh didn't do too well against them last year but um how do we get on against dallas last year yeah so we have the joy of playing them twice every year as we do with the eagles and the and the commanders so week three was our first first meeting last year. Uh, Cowboys won 23-16. Cooper Rush and CeeDee Lamb combined to put the game out of the Giants' hands despite a late field goal from Graham Gano. And then we played them again week 12, which the Cowboys also won, this time at AT&T, uh, 28-20. Um, we were actually up at the half, but third quarter, Dalton Schultz, who uh, Shane will come on to in a minute, is no longer there, uh, scored two touchdowns which cost us the game um again another close one though both both games within seven or eight points so we we ran on close yeah both one score games and it was unfortunate to be on the losing side of those one score games so it you know it it showed we're not that far off of dallas and you know the the record at the end of the season also showed that as well we're not far off where they were at so i think their record probably would have been a little bit it would have been different. I think it would, you know, it would have been a little bit different had they not had Cooper Rush for those five games and got that five-game win streak. Because I think, you know, he bought a he bought a different edge to the team when he come in. Um, and I think I don't know if that could have got those uh, five wins that Cooper Rush got in those starts. So, yeah, who knows? Um, Shane, how's the Cowboys looking roster-wise? Who have they added? Who have they lost? We all know one name they've lost. Yeah, so I'll cover who they've added first. They made a couple of trades um, pre-draft. Uh, two two smart trades, in my opinion. They've added Brandon Cooks, who's a wide receiver who just seems to constantly be on the move, but seems to produce everywhere that he goes. Um, I think I just counted. He's had nine seasons in the league and six times he's up a thousand yards. So he's a very productive wide receiver, um, and you know it's going to be a test for us straight off because you know they've, they've got two good wide receivers already, and then they're throwing that third wide receiver. And they also made a trade for Stefan Gilmore, who I know he's getting on. He's thirty-two, um, and he's been kind of around the block over the last few years. He's been at the Panthers, at the Colts, and he's at the Cowboys. But you know he, he's still a, a good cornerback. You know he's still um, going to give our wide receivers a, a, a test, and you know whether that's guys like Slater and Paris Campbell or whether like Jalen Hyatt. Um, and in terms of who they lost, um, they lost Dalton Schultz. He went to Houston Texans, and then they lost their uh, star running back Ezekiel Elliott, who they decided not to extend. And he's there at the moment, so I don't know what the latest is on where he could he could end up back in Dallas at some point on a, a small deal or something like that. But you know they've um, they've lost a couple of key, key players. You know everyone knows that Zeke always does something against us and joints. Defending tight ends is just a nightmare for us lately. Um, so, yeah, they've, they've lost a couple of key players, but they have added some quality as well. 
Yeah, I think with Zeke going, um, it wasn't too big a surprise really because they got Tony Pollard, who's you know proven he's a he's just as good as Zeke could be. Um, it's just it's a shame for Zeke because he's on his day when he was at the peak of his sort of career so far, he's virtually unplayable. But injuries are taking the toll, and you know he's ended up off the team and without a job at the moment. So I'm sure another team will pick him up on a on a small contract for a year. They should at some point, at some point over the off season. Um, so I don't think the end is in sight for Zeke just yet. Kev, who did they draft? Who they picked up? Key players they yeah, picked just, up in the draft. Yeah, yeah. So just a couple of names um, that jump out at me is uh, obviously the lineman, uh, defensive tackle Mazzy Smith, uh, tight end Luke Schoonmaker, and uh, linebacker Demarvin Overshow. Now Mazzy Smith was a player I, I actually quite liked, and some people thought he might be a second, third round pick. He went in the first round. Um, I think I actually mock in Mean Shane's mock as well. Um, so I think he can be a disruptor in the middle. And again, uh, like you said before, uh, JSM will have his hands full with with, with that D-line, with the Marcus Lawrence, Mazzy Smith, uh, Diggy Zua, and Parsons. Um, another player, I think the tight end zoom maker, I think he'll be behind Jake Ferguson, who's a second-year player, very unproven, though. You know, Schultz got the majority of the snaps last year. So um, so I won't see too much of him. And although I do love the Marion Overshow, and I think he's probably a linebacker for next season, he's probably a developmental player, and we might not see too much of him this year. But um, sort of all the sort of um, picks they made, the uh, the D lineman Massey Smith is one that jumps out to keep an eye on. And uh, no doubt, Schoonmaker is going to score a touchdown against us, right? Because <laughs> Dallas Titans always do. Because that's just what they do. Absolutely. That's what they do. All right. Week two then brings our first of seven road games in the space of 10 weeks when we visit the desert to take on Kyler Murray and his Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Cards had two goals last season to improve on 2021 and become the third team in history to play in the Super Bowl hosted in their own stadium. Well, they did neither. Uh, they ended the season with a seven-game loser streak, uh, which saw future Hall of Famer JJ Watt bow out of the league in disappointing circumstances to finish the season four and thirteen and bottom of the uh, NFC West. The cards um, should be a nice, hopefully a nice trip out west for our first road game of the season. Um, what do you reckon to Arizona in week two? I think you've got to be um, mental. Not to fancy this one, but this this is one that you put more up as a, as a dub. Um, you know, the, we'll come on some of the players shortly, but you know they're they're in, uh, they're in a weird transition. I mean, a couple of years ago they were like kind of a Super Bowl contender potentially with like you know they had the rookie QB and they had some nice weapons. I traded for Hopkins, and then like kind of a couple of years later they've not really come close to winning a Super Bowl. They've lost some important players, um, and they're kind of at that transitional phase at the minute and I think that was proven in the in the draft when you've seen them getting capital for next year so I think they're fully aware of where they are so I think this is a game you've got to be looking at saying you know what first 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 time on the road this season we can go in there and get the dub yeah it just feels like they're a rebuilding team it feels like um this is a sort of um our opportunity to, to really sort of come out the gates and get two wins if I'm honest I really believe that we can get the better of Dallas and I think Arizona are there for the tables last season. So uh, so I, I say we just go in and, and you know, we take the D off and take the W off. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're there for the picking. I'm pretty sure most uh, of the analysts out there have them close to bottom of the power rankings. I don't think uh, anyone really expects them to do a lot this year. And uh, yeah, a perfect game too, really. Yeah, I think we could uh, we could quite you know quite easily go to the desert and get the win. Uh, we've got a pretty good record at the. Uh, University of uh, Phoenix Stadium, is it? University of Phoenix Stadium, is it called? University of... No, Glen, where, what is it called? In Glendale, isn't it? We've got quite a good record there, so uh, I think we... Careful, Kev. <laughs> I think we can go... We, we, can in it. we can definitely go there and get the win, that's for sure. Um, all right, Shane, who have they added to the roster in the last few weeks and months? Yeah, so the, the, the big one they've added is they've got a new head coach. Now, it, it kind of did come in a little bit of clear. They had to swap uh, third-round picks with Philadelphia um, in this, this past draft due to uh, tampering allegations. And, you know, apparently a foreign call or something took place. Bob Gannon was still helping Philly lose the Super Bowl or on the way to losing the Super Bowl. Um, so they've added Jonathan Gannon as, say, a, a guy we're going to know. He was the Eagles DT for a few years. Um and then sort of outside that, they've brought back a guy who, you know, his he never quite worked out with us, and that's Will Hernandez. Um, I know some Giants fans aren't a massive fan of him. He didn't pan out as we wanted him to. Um, and in terms of who they've lost, um, they lost Byron Murphy in free agency and also JJ Watt um, opted to retire and ran Lindagoon by sharing Burnley. Um, anyone listening from the States who don't know what Burnley is, Google it. It's not a nice place. <laughs> Um, and yeah, that, that's no, been the main addition. <laughs> that, that's been like, probably their two main additions and the, the, the two biggest losses. <laughs> yeah. Why, why did he buy shares there. in Burnley? Yeah, why did he buy shares in them? I don't know. I think he I mean, must... has he got? Is he? I mean, dude, you can't knock him out. Maybe. Well. Maybe maybe he wants to do. A, maybe he wants to try and do a bit of a Wrexham. Who knows? Who knows? Kev, who did they add during the draft? Yeah, so three of the um, three of the additions I quite like were definitely Paris Johnson Jr. in the first in the first round. You know, I had him as number one uh, offensive tackle. I think he's a plug and play tackle in the league. And um, BJ Ojolari as well. I think is a great pass rusher, younger brother of Aziz. Um, he'll come in and I think I'll start opposite Miles Sanders. It gives him real sort of like athleticism and bend off both edges. Um, and cornerback Garrett Williams. Um, I think this is a player who could have gone easily a lot higher, late first, early second, if it wasn't for a horrendous injury he had last season. So, so some some good pieces, but um, again, I don't think enough to really take them over over the edge to be able to beat us. I don't think. Nah, easy W, surely. Easy. All right, moving on. Week three sees us staying out west in our. Two game stretch out on the West Coast to take on last year's NFC title game losing San Francisco 49ers this time on Thursday night football. Uh, initially facing quarterback problems last year with Trey Lance being lost before Jimmy G was also sidelined. Uh, step up, Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. He finished off the season of the starter and pretty strong actually uh, and didn't lose a game until that NFC title game um, in, which he, in which he got injured and he hurt his elbow and was, uh, had to have quite major surgery. Um, you know, obviously fell agonisingly short of the Super Bowl, which was disappointing for them. But 
San Fran are strong. They're looking strong again this year, and they're they're really a force to be reckoned with in the NFC. I think. Does anybody agree? Sorry, I was trying to get my uh, my microphone off mute. <laughs> um, He's on mute yeah. again. Love it. I know. Interference for our wonderful listeners, so they don't want to hear me typing away whilst I'm looking at some stuff and that. Um, but yeah, no, I completely, completely agree with, with what you said. To be honest, um, you know, it, it's interesting that we've got sort of two West Coast games, but kind of back to back. And I don't know if that was kind of requested by the Giants, but from what I heard a few days ago, I don't think the Giants disappointed about it. And I think you know, if I'm if you're a player, well, would you be disappointed? You know, I get to go West Coast for. Seven ten days. <laughs> exactly. Why would you be disappointed at that? Yeah, I mean, there's going on. It's great. Yeah, there's. Uh, it's a team that doesn't really see, seem settled on offense, but um, very settled on defense. They're not really a team that you want to come up against um, when you're still trying to piece things together offensively and um, they could provide probably a sterner test as the Cowboys do but you know offensively does anybody know what they're going to be doing at quarterback offensively is Purdy going to be ready um, who was the the other their other uh, quarterback who might not Trey be Lance. ready Trey Lance yeah so you know who knows what quarterback well, think, could uh, come up against yeah, I think Purdy was named as the starter going into the offseason, wasn't he? Um, but obviously that could all change depending on his injury and his rehab. So we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, yeah San, Fran- San Fran's going to be a tricky game, especially, uh, I know it's not a candlestick anymore, but uh, yeah, at Levi Stadium, it's going to be a tricky game. But I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give it everything. Kev, San Fran, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, again, a very, very solid team. I mean, they've got a fantastic um, defensive front, um, good offensive line, uh, building in the trenches. They just don't excite me. I, again, I I think we could go and get a win there, to be honest. I mean, I do like the um, back-to-back. I've been staying on the West Coast and having the short short time there. So you finish this early, uh, Sunday evening, play the game Thursday night, and they come straight back for like a bit of a mini buy where you play Thursday night and you don't play until the Tuesday after or the Monday after against the, the Seahawks that we get on to. So I do like that aspect of it. Yeah, so it's quite nice having that sort of it's ten like pretty much ten days off, isn't it? So it's almost like a mini bye week. So so that's quite a nice sort of little bonus in the schedule there. Because uh, obviously we'll find out later. Obviously we all know when our bye week is, week 13, and that's quite late. So it's nice to have that sort of little bit of a break in there um, at the end of week three and going into week four. Shane, who have they added to the roster? Anyone interesting? Anyone good? Yeah, so uh, obviously Craig was talking about the quarterbacks there. They have added Sam Donald, which I think Craig has obviously overlooked as potentially being the starter for them. <laughs> Um, now the, the, the main one they've added is no, uh, no. <laughs> the, the main one they've added again. It's a boy that we're familiar with, Javon Argrief from Philly, um, hit free agency, signed a decent deal with San Fran. And obviously, who can forget 
the the guy that JMS is coming to potentially replace. They've got Feliciano. He opted to go back home, I, I want to say. I think he was from that way originally or summit, so he's opted to go back there. Um, and then in regards to who they've lost in free agency, uh, Jimmy G, I don't know what the Jimmy G experiment was. I don't even know if it was ever, ever successful, but he's gone there. He's no longer in San Fran. Um, and then Mike McGlinchey, who's kind of a, a weird one. I mean, he, I'm going to be honest, Kev, cover your ears. Uh, he's not a guy I've ever rated. He was the first tackle drafted in that year, and I don't think he should have been. Um, but, you know, he's he's played well enough to get a decent deal. I think he signed an £87 million deal or summit. But he's just someone who I've never been high on. The floor is yours, I'm Kev. sorry. I'm just <laughs> laughing at Kev's face. Over I, to you, mate. Not... <laughs> Bye. Bye, Shane. Do, do, my, do my, my, Notre Dame, my Notre Dame boys dirty like that. What are you playing at? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, it's very strong. It's a very strong roster, um, which is kind of weird because, like, they've gone um, the additions they've made in the uh, in the draft. They went with Jair Brown safety. Uh, out of Penn State, um, uh, and then they went kicker Jake Moody went in the third round, was it? I believe, um, and they didn't really add any anything of any note. I mean, like, nothing stands out. It's just you know, a lot of a lot of okay players. No real players in the draft sort of like stand out as being that like, he could be a difference maker. And obviously, like I said, they do have a they're well coached. They do have a, a strong squad as it is. Yeah, I mean. Do they really need to add many pieces during the draft? Probably not, because they've got a pretty strong roster overall. So it's going to be tough going into going into San Fran, like I said. But you never know. We could go there. Like I said, their offense isn't isn't all that. You know, we don't know who's going to be starting at quarterback. So there's uh, they're there for the taking. That's for sure. All right, then week four sees us return back home to take on the resurgent Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks for our third prime time game in four weeks. Uh, as we end up this week on Monday Night Football, uh, the Seahawks started last year with a narrow win against uh, Denver, but then went back-to-back losses. Um, but then following that, in one of the games of the season, that overcame the Lions was a 48-45. to um, It was kind of a, a breakout almost for Geno Smith. Um, following that, a four-game win streak, including the win at home to Big Blue as well. But inconsistency was the story of their season, um, especially in the second half, which came to an abrupt end in the playoffs against... San Francisco uh, in the wild card round. Seattle week four at home. How are we feeling about Seattle? Geno Smith coming back in the house. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the 49ers match is going to be pretty tough, but I think the Seahawks match out of the first four games is going to be the toughest. I like what they've done in the offseason. I like the free agent additions. I like their draft that they've done. And all of the coaches they've got, you know, I think when you look back at the game we had against them last year at their place, I think they schemed really well against us and limited what we wanted to do. Yeah, you know, we had Richard James, a couple of fun balls on, on punt returns and that, but I still think that, you know, in all honesty, I'd have fancied Seattle to go on and get the win. So I think that's going to be, I think that, I think that's going to be the toughest game in the first four weeks. And I think it could potentially be our toughest test over the course of the season as well. Ooh. Yeah, it's going to be a very different game. Now. I mean, they played it so well last year. They played it so well last year, and and we thought we'd we would get that win last year. But um, it's going to be tough again. But again, it's one of those games that I think we can come away with a win. You know, less than seven points. 
but it's definitely a game there that I think, you know, uh, it's at home, it's on Monday Night Football, everyone will be watching. Um, I think we could go and do it. I don't think Gino might have a bit of a regression this year. Yeah, I mean, he won Comeback Player of the Year, and as we've said millions and billions of times on this on this podcast, we're not sure what he came back from other than mediocre play, but... You know, take nothing away from him. He did have a, a cracking little, cracking little season last year. I mean, if we go, if we go back to to our game last year, our four game winning streak came to an end against them, and it was just a one sided contest. We didn't get going. They they absolutely battered us. It was the other than that, we'd been obviously we won lots of close games, but we had pretty much been in every game. But they just took us apart and uh, 27-13 it finished at, at Lumen Field, which doesn't quite sound right still in my my head. But um, you know. yeah, it was uh, it, it was just, it was a lacklustre performance by the Giants and quite a deflating loss as well for sort of where it came. Yeah, and like you said, like they schemed so well against us. It was, you know, it's a, gr- a great job by... Um, by the coaching staff, really, wasn't it? So, hopefully, it's a uh, reverse this season, and uh, we get the win against them at MetLife in uh, in week four on Monday night, because that'll be a nice way to round off that sort of first four games. Who did that during the draft, Kev? Oh, mate, don't start me on this, right? Okay, because they've had one of the best drafts that I've seen in a long, long time, and I know it's only my personal opinion, but they drafted some players that I. Asked Absolutely loved, even late in the draft. I mean, they started off obviously with number five. We're taking Derek uh, Devon Witherspoon, you know, cornerbacks in the league, if not the best cornerback. And then they come back and pick 20 and pick Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, you've already got Metcalf, you've already got Tyler Lockett. Do you mean? And you're going to take Smith and Jigba to be a monster in the um, in the slot. I mean, it's just not fair. I mean, they've added real. Good depth as well. And Derek Hall coming off the edge, I think, can't be a starter. Zach Charbonnet was my third overall running back. I mean, he's sort of like ground and pounded, you know, can can be a starter in this league. And they've already got, who's the monster they got last year? Um, the running back they've got. Uh, his name escapes me, but a fantastic year last year. Nah, Kenneth Walker. No, no, exactly. And then they go and add like a starting guard uh, in Bradford, um, a starting centre in Oluwatimi, uh, big bodies in Cameron Young, Mike Morris. Uh, and then just to top it off, do you know what? We've already got a monster who's proven in the league. We've just uh, got one of the best bulldozing backs in this draft. Why not pick, you know, the best pass-catching back in Kenny McIntosh in the seventh round? Um, it's just, yeah, just a fantastic draft for them, to be honest. So apart from all them fantastically amazing draft picks they picked up, who else have they picked up, Shane? Yeah, You're so uh, that that picked that picked up um, picked up a couple of average players. Devin Bush never really kind of produced uh, some Julian Love, you know. Uh, they also brought in <laughs> Kev is Kev's going to yeah. have you today. <laughs> he is gonna, he is gonna have you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that, 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 that I'm that. my nerves today, Chief. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, mentioned already. They brought back Geno Smith. Um, they also kind of like you know spoke about Devin Bush, but 
Bobby Wagner they brought back, who had a year away from Seattle last year in LA with the Rams. He's a guy I wouldn't mind just picking up in free agency, in all honesty. I think he's still got yeah. something in the tank. Um, and in, in, got a, in all honesty, I've not really lost much. I mean, Marquise Goodwin. I mean, if you're losing Marquise Goodwin, but getting Jackson Smith and Jigba, I mean, I, I consider the word upgrade slightly underrated there. Uh, and then again, with Rashad Penny, you're replacing him with Zach Charbonnet. Again, you're, you're, the, the players that lost in free agency, they've improved in the draft with them. It's a, it's a scarily looking good roster. It's just a shame they don't have a very good quarterback. Comeback player of the year, my ass. I mean, what is that about? Uh, they should have a bit. separate award, maybe like... They should have a separate award like breakout player because he had a breakout season for not having particularly good seasons prior. Yeah. But like we said before, what's he come back from? He, he, should... he was never good. Yeah. No, maybe we should suggest that to the NFL. Don't have a breakout player of the year. Yeah, sponsored by Big Blue UK in Ireland. Yeah, that's it. All right, moving on. Week five, we go on the road again as we head south to the tropics of Miami to South Beach and taking on the resurgent and very dangerous-looking Miami Dolphins for another tough game um, in what will no doubt be sweltering conditions down there in uh, in Florida. Uh, last season saw Miami quarterback Tua Tagovailoa almost single-handedly forcing the NFL to change its concussion protocol uh, <laughs> despite a five-game win and playoff berth, the uh, the Dolphins lost narrowly 34-31 to Buffalo in the wild card round of the playoffs. The same evening that we beat the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs. How are we looking, guys? Are we scared? I think with Miami, um, we've mentioned in previous episodes about the um, the RAS score, the, the the athletic score, and you know the speed that bring and that. We're going to find out how well we've drafted athletes and speed because that's what this Dolphins team has got in abundance. Um, Jalen Waddle, uh, Robbie Anderson, Tyreek Hill. There's going to be a running back, Kev, we'll talk about in a minute, who ran a 4-3-2 at the combine. You know, they've got speed on offense, so we're really going to find out what kind of athletes we've got on our team. Did you um, did you say Robbie Anderson? I think it's yeah, chosen. I refused to. I refused chosen. to. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. So like, where did you get that from? Chosen. Not... I mean, yeah, they. Chosen. Yeah, I mean, they're the, a the team that seems to be building. Their team that seems to be building the right way. To be honest, they are adding like um, super fast players. I mean, if you think we've got small, shifty receivers, I mean, look at the, the uh, Waddle and the Cheetah. It's all about manufacturing touches for them, get them in space, and they can get them in space, and they can beat you down downfield as well. But again, because I like a broken record here, I think this is another game that we can go and dominate. I mean, I don't think they're uh, strong. I don't think their defensive line is particularly strong. So um, I think if we can win in the trenches, I think that, you know we can go take that game as well. I'm going to go 17 note this read. Let's say, Kev, you're five and out at the moment, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Forever the optimist. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Do they pick anyone up in the draft? Anyone decent? Yeah, so um, they did pick up, um, as Shane alluded to, the running back, um, um, Devin, uh, Devin, uh, was it 
I chain. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, I mean he's absolutely lightning quick, but he's not a down to down back. But they haven't really got much much in his um like they got Raheem Mosert and Jeff Wilson. So you know the path to number one running back is definitely there, but you wouldn't want to give him 20, 25 touches again. Um and they also they added uh Cam Smith, who I think who I actually had as a first round grade as a cornerback, and I think he could go in with um with a newly acquired uh, Jalen Ramsey and Zayvon Howard to maybe play that slot role. But he, I also think he's got the ability to be number one cornerback when one of those two either retire or move on as well. So, um, I mean, um, they did draft uh, the big wide receiver out of, um, out of Higgins, out of uh, Stanford, who I really like. But I can see him, and a lot of people talked about it, moving to tight end. And... Um, because they haven't really got they haven't really got anyone at tight end, um, um, so I can see you know Higgins moving into that position. But um, yeah, I mean they had a solid draft, you know, not too bad, um, but a solid team all round. Any key players that picked up Shane? Yeah, so as, as Kev mentioned there, they picked up Jalen Ramsey in a trade with the Rams pre-draft. Uh, they sent a third-round pick and Hunter Lung to the Rams and got Ramsey. To, you know, Ramsey sort of. Again, he's someone who's kind of he's getting on because he's only uh, let me have a look, twenty eight. But it seems like he's been around for for years. In all honesty, he's on his third team now as well. Um, and then he's Liani, well, I, I, I'm going to comment on our ages then. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, lost Hunter Lung as a safe part of that trade. But they also lost Mike Gazeki as well, who went to the Patriots, uh, signed at nine million. One year deal with them, um, so you know they've they've added a, a decent player again. That speed he ran a four four one when he was he, he done the combine, and um, you know we'll we'll find out what our team's got our, our offense and what speed we can cause issues for them. Yeah, I like the um, I like the fact that we've picked up um, Banks, who it's Banks run a four. Shane, have you got the numbers there for bank? Four three six. Four three six. So, I mean, he's not he's not slow. So, we've got someone there. Uh, Adori obviously played to a, a very high level last year outside of his um, his punt returning skills. Um, so, we 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 could could deal with it. It all it all depends on tour. I mean, at what point week one tour gets a gets a concussion? Say week Game one, over. week two, he, he's got to retire shortly, right? Like you can't keep going Game through over. this cycle because as good yep. as much as you want to play football, your life is more important than a ten-year career, fifteen-year career. Surtly, well, a- Andrew Luck's living proof of that. One too many concussions, yeah. and he called it a day. Yeah, he could have made an absolute fortune. Yeah. Yeah, Luck could have made an absolute fortune in Indy. He could have won multiple rings at Indy. But it's not worth his health. It's not worth your health. And if he gets another concussion this year, I don't think he's got any other choice but to retire. Because he's had too many already. He'll be watched closely, though. You would think anyway. the medical team and the head coach and stuff would actually, like, you know, keep a really, really oh, close yeah. eye on him and not let it, not, not let him get anywhere near sort of being touched in preseason and whatnot. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll be surprised they don't put one of them big sort of cushions around his neck and have an extra <laughs> padding inside his helmet. You know, you can't, just look after yourself, man. I know football's great and everything, but health comes first. So there we go. Anyway, moving on. Week six, another appearance in prime time as we visit Western New York to take on the AFC powerhouse that is Josh Allen and his Buffalo Bills. Uh, last year, they secured the AFC East title with a 13-3 and record, uh, which included a six-game win streak. However, their season came to a disappointing end in the playoffs in the divisional rounds, losing out to Joe Burrow and his resurgent Bengals, who were looking pretty hot again for the second year in a row. So, yeah, trip out to Buffalo. Um, Sunday night football again. So, second time in five weeks we're on Sunday night. Fourth primetime game in five weeks. It's a pretty good third, third primetime game in five weeks or fourth. Pretty good start to the season anyway. You have to oh, love yeah, those 120 kickoffs for us. <laughs> love them. I, I don't care about staying up all night. I'll stay up all night and watch the Giants. I don't care. Like, uh, Dan, you'll, 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 you'll be with me on this one. Sometimes it is uh, handy to, have to work old shifts work. So work old shifts work sometimes, isn't oh, it? Yeah. If oh, the yeah. shit's Shane, fall in place the games. <laughs> Absolutely. You'll, you'll find out this season, Shane, how good it is working shifts sometimes. So what do you reckon? Trip to Buffalo in week six. Tough game? Yeah, I think any time you're coming up against the, the Bills and, and Josh Allen, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be a tough tough match for, for anyone. Um, you know, I'd have this just beyond the Seattle game in all honesty. I think the Seattle game is going to be one of the toughest. But, you know, the Bills one's going to be kind of up there. And, um, you know, it's on the road as well. Luckily, it's not too much of a, a journey. So, I mean, I suppose it can be kind of class a little bit of a local derby um, in some terms of in football. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's going to be a tough game. I think it'll be good to, to for like the, the front office to go back there. Obviously, Dave's and Joel to go back there, and you know some of the players have had Buffalo as well. Um, but yeah, I, I can't see winning this one. No, I do think this is one of those games that's kind of like a like a benchmark game. It's kind of like sort of test yourself. Like, where are we now? Like, you know, the Bills are a contender. You know, they, they didn't make it as far as they wanted. This past year, but they're definitely a contender in the AFC for the Super Bowl. Uh, they have, you know, Josh Allen, absolute beast of running back, uh, quarterback, and they have some serious weapons um, with Gabe Davis and uh, Diggs on the outside, and they've added to the tight end room, which I'll get onto in a second. But they, um, yeah, so it's just sort of what, like you said about the front office, you know, Shane and also the head coach people wanting to go back there and wanting to get one over the previous team. You know, you got to say that is going to be a factor. Um, so uh, yes. You know, I think um, this will be a very close game. Um, I think the Bills, you know, might just pip it, just might have the better players and they have been together and gelled for longer. But um, like I said, this is definitely a benchmark game. It's a game you know, I've kind of circled to see where we are, actually are as a team. Yeah, as it comes to sort of consistency, um, they struggled a little bit last season um, with, with some of the quarterback play from Allen um, and his supporting cast, to be honest. You can't really pop it all on him. But um, as... Kev, again, Kev will come on to in a minute. They've they've added somebody on the line who's going to help massively. Um, and Josh Allen is one of those quarterbacks that you can put in the same kind of circle as, as Burrow and Lawrence and Mahomes where he can just make something happen out of nothing. And Stefan Diggs is almost that safety blanket that he can go to at any time that we're, we're missing for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, I would say 
can put the ball in a place as well as Alan can. And with, you know, Dable has coached him to a point where he started to show that. We've just got a hope that we can now have a, a wide receiver who can have that impact and can be that person that he can rely on in the same way that Alan does with Diggs. Yeah, man. I mean, it'd be it'd be great to see Dan Jones start to get those um, that, those partnerships with the receivers like Alan Josh Allen has with his because that would be some sexy, sexy football if that can happen. Who did they add in uh, in the draft, Kev? Yeah, so um, again, like um, the three top picks um, are kind of like the ones I want to talk about because they're just very pretty picks. I mean, they started off getting Dalton Kincaid. They moved up to get him in the first round. Um, I mean, you have you have Knox there as kind of your traditional Y tight end, as in like our Bellinger type. And then you have Dalton Kincaid, who's kind of like the Darren Waller type, move around tight end, brilliant down the scene, really good at catching the ball, very fast. You know, you don't necessarily ask him to block at all, if ever. Um but he, you know, is another weapon to add uh, for for Josh Allen. And as far as Torrance, you know, Shane absolutely loves him. Like, you know, I liked him as well. I think he was definitely a first round talent. I cannot believe he slipped out in the first round. And I do um, believe we made the right decision in going for uh, John Michael Schmitz. I know Shane said we should have gone there. I agree, he is a better player. But just sometimes fit and good, like around the same sort of benchmark, around the same sort of uh, area. Um, I think John Michael Schmitz was a better fit for us. But again, it's an absolute beast on the old line. The best guard in this um, in the past draft, uh, and then Dorian Williams, who is an absolute athletic freak on a two lane. You know, he side the sideline um, linebacker. He'll slot in next to Matt Milano, who's more of a traditional between the tackle linebacker. They're crying out for a linebacker. I think uh, Dorian Williams will become eventually a very good one. Maybe again not this season, maybe a project. But um, yeah, they sort of drafted well to add to an already strong roster. Any decent pickups they've uh, made in sort of in free agency, Shane? Um, oh, okay, pickups. I've added a running back, Damien Harris, to replace um, the going out Devin Singletary, who never quite really did it at Buffalo. But um, you know, running back, some of that they've not really kind of focused on over the last couple of years. Um, I did like the addition they made of Taylor Rapp. Um, uh, the big key departure they had was Tremaine Edmonds. I know a lot of Giants fans were hoping we would get him up as one of a, a new come at a pretty penny, but he opted to go to Chicago instead. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, Dorian Williams might, I don't think Dorian Williams can be Tremaine Edmonds, but, you know, when you talk about athleticism and uh, the log for log replacement in that sense, it's probably the closest that they that could have got. I absolutely, just quickly, Craig, before you start, I absolutely love the Williams. Um, the running back signing, uh, Harris was it Damien Harris? Sorry, I think, like, you know, uh, I think he's an absolute like underrated player and a really good sort of change of pace back to sort of mix up the, the carries there in Buffalo. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be a, a dangerous team again to come up against, and they're gonna be one of the top players in the uh, in the AFC, no doubt. Again, so you know, through those first six games, we're coming up against some really, really difficult teams, and it's gonna be. We're going to have to be on our A game to get some uh, get some results out of it. But Kev's going six and zero for the first six weeks, yeah. <laughs> Maybe five and one. Yeah, we'll take that. We'll take. I'll take three and three. To be fair, um, just incidentally though, you said about. I think Shane said about it's a kind of a a bit of a derby. Um, but to put it in perspective, 
Um, London to Edinburgh is three, just under 300 miles. East Rutherford to Buffalo is 370 miles. So I wouldn't we really are class a small it as a island. island. <laughs> <laughs> I will. That's I why England just to, just sort of to clarify Shane's point, like ironically, the Bills are actually the only New York team in the NFL because, the, as everyone yes, knows, the Jets and Giants play their games in New Jersey, so it is a little bit of a, a strange one there. Yes, they they do. They are the only uh, New York team, but yeah, just just a little, just a little interesting fact there for you. So, anyway, Week Seven uh, brings the first of our two games against the Washington. Commanders, still don't like their name, um, in 2023. We're back at MetLife for our first legacy game of the year for the Week 7 matchup. Uh, then on the road in Maryland in Week 11. Uh, last year, after a strong start with victory over the Jags, they went on a four-game losing streak with Carson Wentz getting injured and Taylor Heineke taking over. Some wins followed that, including that shock win over the Eagles, which we all laughed at. Uh, but it was in vain as the end of the season, 7-5-1, and one, and lost out on a playoff spot to the New York Football Giants. Uh, Washington, what do you reckon? First game, any uh, anything Anything anyone wants to say? Anything breaking? Uh, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. So, this is our first, uh, this is a divisional game. This is a legacy game. And this will also be the Big Blue UK and Ireland and New York Giants Fans UK official London watch party. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Commanders at Giants is a 6pm kickoff for us. It's a legacy game. We will be meeting from 5pm down at the Sports Bar and Grill, the Marlebone Station. Um, and we cannot wait for this. Absolutely buzzing. Um, you know, the fact that it's a divisional game, it's an early kickoff for us. Uh, it's a legacy game. Um, it's right in the thick of the season when you know we will. So we might see some bad Giants football as well. But you know, we we will definitely the hopes will be high. Everything will be on the table. The playoffs will be uh, there for the taking. You know, you know, get your Monday booked off. Get your hotels booked in and um, get down and meet us. We'll be down there a little bit earlier, setting up and everything, and come and have a beer with us and um, watch Giants absolutely demolish the Commanders. That's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to destroy the commanders because they're awful. Um, what are they looking like this year, guys? <laughs> anything? Uh, anything to be scared of? Uh, no, it's Washington. <laughs> <laughs> like it, Craig. Love it. I mean, Shane, love it. I mean, if you, if you if you look at last season, we won the second game. There was that horrific tie in the first game. Um, that just neither team wanted to win in overtime. It was it was one of those must not lose as opposed to can we win. Luckily, Thibodeau took the uh, the game and the ball in his in his own hands uh, in game two and and kind of kick started us. So uh, I, I'm not scared of them at all. I think they they are the weak link in the NFC East. They still don't have a steady quarterback there. Um, I, I, I honestly think that these will be two of the easier games we face this season. Yeah, I mean, I think like it's um, they're there for the ticket. They, they, we should go and take two divisional wins here against these these lot. Um, you know, they're 
in flux. I mean, their starting QB is going to be what their fifth round pick from the year before. Um, Sam. So, um, I mean, Sam Howell, yes, uh, yeah, who was a decent player in North Carolina, don't get me wrong, but you know, he's not going to set the world alight. And I just think that, um, you know, again, as Craig said, you know, this is a game that we should just go and win. And we'll be having lots of beer watching yeah. it. <laughs> Absolutely. There's no right. There's no reason why we shouldn't win the game week seven. Not at all. Um, who did that to the roster? Anyone decent? Did they make a bad team any better? Yeah. So, so through through the the draft, um, the first three picks were cornerback Emmanuel Fords, safety Javaris Martin, and uh, centre Ricky Strongberg. Strongberg. Um, I mean, Fords. I was never a fan of. I know uh, he has good skill set, but he's just too light. And I really, really want to see our wide receivers just go out and bully him. I want to see um, the big boys go out there and just run him over um, and, and 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 take his lunch money type thing. Um, I mean, Javius Martin, I think, is a good uh, safety. Is he more of a nickel or a strong safety? I'm not sure. And Ricky Stonberg, I think, could be a starting center long term. I mean, it doesn't bode well for um, our friend Nick Yates, who just signed a bit of a deal over there. But maybe they see him as a placeholder while Strongberg is in the league. Yeah, potentially. Um, Shane, anyone that decided to add in free agency or anyone they got rid of? Get rid of dead weight. Um, obviously, they have got rid of uh, Bobby McCain, who is now going to be competing for the safety position with us. Uh, potentially. Uh, Nick Gates, they added in free agency, as Kev said. Um, a guy we were all disappointed to go, but for the money that he signed, I think we all agree that, you know, we weren't going to pay that money for him. Um, they've added a few centres, though. I mean, obviously, they've added uh, Ricky Stromberg, they've added Nick Gates, they've added Tyler Larson. So, I don't know what their, their plan is there, whether they're in busy jabbing injuries or some crazy like that. Um, but then, obviously, they also signed, re-signed their own paying to a four-year, 90 million deal, which kind of, like, you know, Helped give Dex a bit of a target to aim for in free agency. Um, you know they've got a great, they've got a great defensive front four. Um, interesting to note as well because I don't think anyone's mentioned it yet. They didn't pick up the Chase Young fifth-year option, which was surprising for me. Anyway, I don't know about other people, but I was quite surprised at that. I was very surprised at that. Surely it's a no-brainer, right? Yeah, I mean I know he's had. You think so? He just didn't really have the. Yeah, he has his injury. I think Sweat has also outproduced him, and he's going to be up for paying the year after. So I think they want to kind of just give him a prove it, prove it year, kind of like the way uh, the Giants done with Daniel Jones. Yeah, true. Very true. Alrighty, week eight, the first regular season New York Derby, or so I say, New Jersey Derby, since 2019, as the Giants host their Lodgers, the Jets. Uh, to round out October. And last year, the Jets had a mixed season, uh, uh, showing glimpses of improvement, but ultimately falling short as per usual because of the Jets. Uh, they started off pretty rough. They went on a four-game win streak and were 6-3 and three at the bye. Uh, what followed was a six-game losing streak uh, to end the season. And as always, quarterback issues meant the Jets missed out on the playoffs yet again with a 7-10 and 10 record. Um, Jets at home... I mean, it would have been at home anyway, regardless of whether we were the road team or the home team. But Jets at home, how do you feel about that? Looking forward to it? I'm kind of looking forward to 
So I want to get it out of the way. I'm, I'm just sick of hearing about the Jets. You know, I've seen Jets ranked like oh, fourth in the top pair of five rankings or something just because they've added Aaron Rodgers. And I'm one of them people. It's just doing my head in. I'm like, you know, yeah, okay, Aaron Rodgers is good. But number one, he's getting older. And number two, you're the Jets. Like, why have you also got a claim to be like a top five team out of nowhere? Yeah, the big Such thing is obviously point. Aaron Rodgers coming in is like he comes in with all the fanfare, doesn't he? Like, and everything going. I'm kind of hoping that's a massive distraction, and you know they're not as good as people seem to think they are. But um, it will be an interesting one. I mean, this is the Battle of New York. We have to we have to come with the win here. I think if you if you look at some Sorry, of the additions that they've they've got to um, kind of contend with as well, and it's not just additions from this year. You know, Source Gardner last year, outstanding. Garrett Wilson, outstanding. Bryce Hall, Bryce Hall, um, phenomenal until he was injured. They've got a young team that seems to have a lot of talent behind it. Um, and the biggest thing that let them down last year was their quarterbacks, who were just horrific. I mean, Wilson, Wilson was atrocious. And everyone they bought back, they bought in, just wasn't good enough either. I mean, what Mike White came in for a couple of games. How many teams has Mike White been on? And he might have run a couple of a uh, couple of game-winning drives there, but nothing that really set the world alight. Aaron Rodgers is such a step up here. I don't. I, I agree with Shane. I don't think they should be lauded as you know kings of the AFC all of a sudden. It's, it's just not going to happen. Aaron Rodgers is 37, 38. 38, 39. I mean, it, 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 it stinks of desperateness, doesn't it? Just desperation to, to get a Super Bowl. It's a Super Bowl. It's a Super Bowl run for the case of one year. And if it doesn't happen, they've got an out. And that's it. That's what it comes down to, in my opinion. I mean, a we beat the Packers in London last year with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, so we'll we'll beat him again. It's fine. And b it almost it's almost like a carbon copy of the whole Brett Favre saga when he left Green Bay and went to the Jets and didn't really do anything at the Jets and then retired with the Vikings. So yeah, doesn't bother me. The Jets have a, a solid squad. Don't get me wrong, but bringing Aaron Rodgers in is is a vast improvement on Zach Wilson and Mike White, but just it's Aaron Rodgers. He's old. He's past his peak. He's past his best. And I don't, I don't think he'll, uh, I don't think he'll do as well as everyone's expecting him to. I would feel bad now that Jess, if he did sort of play him out a little bit um, and, you know, he decides to leave at the end of the year and they've like given up a first round pick next year for him. It's a risk you're taking it. If you want to bring in someone of of, of his caliber, of his stature, you, know, you, you take the risk to bring him in. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But it does scream a bit almost like desperation. We want to win now. And if they don't win, then they put all their eggs in one basket and it's not worked out. So and they're not going to win in week eight. So that's, that's a done deal. <laughs> Anyone else? That, anyone else decent there to the roster apart from a Rod? Well, 
But um, through the draft, they added. Um, <laughs> I think we've got. I think we've uh, swapped turns now. Have we seen the way things are going? Um, so through the draft, they added Will McDonald, who thought, some people thought was a bit of a reach. I think he's a good player. I think he's very bendy edge rusher. You know, no project. But Lawson just took a bit of a pay cut to stay. Um, are you watching Big Cat? He took like a uh, pay cut to stay with the team this year. Um, so he's sort of development behind him. And the um, uh, Joe Tipman, you know, I knew they would, I thought they would go center this draft. And when they were picking before us, I thought, oh God, don't let it be John McDonald Smith. But it turned out it was uh, uh, Joe Tipman, so fair play. Um, and Carter Warren, I think, could be a very good developmental uh, tackle. I know Beckton hasn't quite worked out. And they're playing Max, Max Mitchell on the right side. So, you know, maybe he could develop into a right tackle for them. Anyone else to add? Um, basically, just the, the rest of the Green Bay players that uh, don't want to be there anymore. Uh, the 14 <laughs> Alan Lazard, the 14... The Packers cast-offs. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, they need to add McCall Hardman, who I kind of... Uh, I'm a big, big. I was a big fan of one of mine didn't come to us, uh, but they did lose Elijah Moore. Um, I think they traded Elijah Moore in a third rounder to Cleveland for a second rounder. Again, another wide receiver. I, I wouldn't have minded us going for. I was quite high on Elijah Moore the year he came out. Um, but yeah, other than that, they they're the main ones. Nice. So they've had some pieces in there. They're going to be. They're they're a stronger. They're a stronger roster than they were last year. Um, and they've got some exciting young players, but I still think we're going to beat them in week eight. There you go. Um, week nine, we start off November on the road again, this time visiting Sin City's take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Still sounds weird. Uh, they had a disappointing season, starting with three straight losses and struggling with inconsistency throughout. They ended with a 6-11 and 11 record, and Derek Carr was out of a job. Uh, they won some notable games down the stretch, but um, they faltered and ended in a three-game losing streak. Raiders, Sin City, got to be a win, surely. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to think so. The, 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 the Raiders are again another one of them teams that have drafted poorly over the last few years and they're really starting to suffer through it now. You know, they've, they've lost a lot of players that that took eight, that drafted in the first round that have either no longer on the team or they've declined the fifth year option or have traded them away, etc. Um, and yeah, you know, I think I, I mean I'm not a massive McDaniel's fan anyway, so um, yeah, I've got to fancy that one. Yeah, I mean they're a little bit team that's like disjointed, still trying to find themselves. Got a new head coach coming in. Uh, I forget his name from the Patriots. So yeah, I mean like. I think um, they're still going to need time to find their feet. So, again, another team in transition that we should be taking advantage of. Yeah, the, the Jimmy... Oh, Shane will come on to this in a minute, a bit, bit further, but the Jimmy G experiment has now obviously moved to Las Vegas. And they just... They just seem to be almost a bit more, a bit of a nothing team where they're just kind of meandering through and, and probably could take a couple of years just to get a complete sort of rebuild um they've added a lot of players they lost a lot of players just nothing nothing about them really screams anything to worry about i mean one of the key losses we picked up in darren waller yep oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah anyone else there shane um yes yeah, so 
they lost um, okay players, Foster Moreau, uh, Matt Collins. Uh, in free agency, obviously, as Craig alluded to, they added uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, also Jacoby Moyers, um, who I think, if I remember right, he took a little bit of a while to get signed as well. Um, and then they've replaced Darren Waller with OJ Hayward and Austin Bluepath, who are, you know, a couple of tiers below what they've not going, Darren Waller. Yeah, I think uh, Waller was a is going to be a big loss for them because he's uh, an absolute weapon and he's, he's one of the highest paid Titans in the league now. So you know, big loss for them, and we'll no doubt see how big a loss it is come uh, come week nine. Kev, how do they look through the draft? Yes, yeah, so some key players I, um, that they picked was Tyree Wilson, a Texas Tech uh, edge rusher, first round seventh overall. Thinks a fantastic player. He's your type of. Uh, Justin Tuck player, big bodied, really fast. And then they took my boy Michael Mayer in the second round, um, who obviously with Waller going now, he comes in and he will be tight end number one straight away. Um, a couple of late ones I like was Jacory and Bennett, the cornerback out of Maryland, who played opposite Deontay Banks. And um, and Chris Smith out of Georgia, who I think was one of the best sort of like free safeties in this draft. And they got him like in the day three. So I think they had a solid draft now. Nice, but let's face it, they're the Raiders and they're always going to be mediocre, so uh, nothing to be scared of in week nine. Week 12, we've already covered 10 and 11 because uh, we've got the uh, the Reds, the, no, not the Redskins, the Commanders. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. My bad. The Commanders and the Cowboys in Week 10 and 11, or the other way around. Uh, so Week 12 sees us finally return home to take on the new-look New England Patriots in the first game against the Patriots since, since Tom Brady left. Uh, last year was a season marked by inconsistency. Uh, quarterback Mac Jones faced injury concerns but continued to play. Backup Bailey Zappi. Zappi, Zappi, how are you going to say it? Uh, won two games during Jones's absence. And by the bye week, the Patriots were 5-4. and four. Um but then ended the season eight and nine, and so we all remember that. Just you know, the uh, lateral mishap joke of a thing that happened in Las Vegas. So, uh, yeah, they missed out in the playoffs, and that was kind of that summed up the season, really. Um, Patriots at home. What do we reckon, lads? Um, I think this has been an interesting game. I was, I was reading an article the other day or a, a few comments about the Patriots in pre-season this year, which is um, unusual. And I reckon that you know, part of it could be due to what happened in the pre-season last year, where I think Wink got a little bit of a, uh, a moaning at, basically, from Bill Belichick for like blitzing during pre-season. So I kind of think this could be a little bit of a tasty game, in all honesty. And, you know, I think Wink will uh, probably remembered things that Belichick said to him and will pretty much be sending the ace core a lot. Dial it up. Let's go. <laughs> Just keep going. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, like the Patriots are a team that since Tom Brady left to completely in transition, you know, they're really trying to rebuild that roster. I don't think they believe that they've got their um, uh, QB um so this is a team that, you know, used to be so scared of the Patriots. Just going there like a machine, a well-run machine. Whereas now it's like just a, just another team. Like, let them come into our house and let us get a massive, massive win against them. 
I think this could be one of the best games of the season. Yeah, it's it, it is funny that a team who are coached by Bill Belichick can look so lost and underprepared for games where they just don't seem to do anything. And I don't think it's helped by the fact that they used to they used to always pick up the best players. And after Tom Brady left, it was almost like the aura disappeared and the quality of player that went to the Patriots just plummeted very sharply to the point where they, they're just unable to attract anyone really interesting anymore. And they do... I mean, if I said to you out of the Patriots, where's the superstar? Where's that big name? I, I wouldn't be able to name one. They don't really have one. No. It's, it's a team of sort of good, sort of mediocre, middle-of-the-pack players. There's, there's no... I mean, even their best receiver, Joe Coleman Myers, he left. So, he's, yeah, they're very sort of meh. And I think they're there for the taking. And so, so the team is you know, a little I bit lost. Hmm. Yeah. I think Belichick needs to maybe think about packing it in. Oof. Oof. Hard take. Well, I mean, he's not getting any younger, and you know the the looks he gives on the on the sideline just, just it just <laughs> looks like he just looks like he's getting fed up and a bit a bit a bit tired and a bit sort of like oh, I wish I was at home sort of thing because uh, like he's not seeing anything exciting on the sidelines now, is he? Exactly, exactly that, exactly. So I think it's time for Billy B to give it up. Um, hmm. Any uh, key additions in the off season, Shane? Anyone? to sort of break that mould of mediocrity? Um, potentially. They've added Juju Smith-Schuster, who was a, a guy that I know a few Giants fans wanted us to maybe target. He was someone I, I didn't really want. I, I, I'm not massively keen on Juju. I think he's okay, but he's not like a wide receiver one. I do like the addition, as I mentioned earlier on, of uh, Mike Gazeki and also James Robinson. Not a bad addition, you know, uh, 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 well, a few years ago at uh, Jacksonville. And then, as you mentioned, Jacoby Myers, uh, they lost him in, uh, in free agency and also Johnny Smith and Damian Harris. So, again, decent players leaving. And, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Gasicki coming in, yeah, they're all right. Again, bit middle of the pack, bit sort of... Who did that during the draft, Kev? Any any decent talent during the draft? Or again, is it a bit sort of meh? Yeah, no, actually, yeah, I thought they had a uh, decent talent to draft. I mean, they got Christian, they traded back in 14 to 17 to get Christian Gonzalez, who was actually my top cornerback just by a spin. Um, so I think that was a great move by them. I mean, Keon White, I think, is a very, very good, solid pass rusher. Uh, Marty Mapu, who's a very interesting player, is a safety in college. But I believe he's making that transition to linebacker. So you know the athleticism is going to be there, but will he get found out in the run game? Um, some other picks, I mean, Antonio Maffey, they got in the fifth round, who I had a second round grade on. I loved him. An absolute beast of a guard. Um, one interesting one, though, Keishon Butte, the wide receiver at LSU. Now, all right. the talents there, so all the talent in the world. FSU. But he's a bit of, but he's a bit of a head case. LSU, sorry. F FSU. FSU. Uh, FSU? Booty. Booty. LSU. Sorry. Ignore me. I'm going back out, out the door. Out the door. 
that's right, that's right. Like, but like I said, like he's got all the talent, talent in the world, but he is just a bit of a head kiss. So, like, it'd be interesting to see how he would fit into locker room. So, uh, yeah, some, yeah. some actually some really yeah, good, good, solid additions there because they, like you were saying, like Shane was saying, they have to draft well because they're not getting the caliber of players through free agency that they used to. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots dynasty is well and truly over, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. All right. So yeah, and I'm here for it. Another win come. Yeah, another another win coming. I think there. Yeah, but anyway, let's move on. Um, Are you sure about wait. that, Dan? More more breaking news. Really? What's going on? Oh no! Wait. Yeah, of course. Our second announcement. <laughs> the um, Steve, the big blue. You can Those are the most boys heading Cape side. Heading stateside for the first time to New York City at Thanksgiving in our first joint venture to MetLife as the Giants take on the New England Patriots in thanks on Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, we can't wait for November to come around and get here. Um, you know, as it says there on the screen, we've got bar meetups in the pipeline. We've got a live podcast recording the pipeline. We're going to be at the tailgate as well. Um, we're going to drop more sort of about the trip in the weeks and months to come but keep your eyes on our socials but we just we just can't wait and feel free to come join us as well if you're heading over for the pats game let us know uh, and we'll definitely hang out and catch up and, and we'll talk all things giants when we're out there with you guys but we can't wait lads can we no not at all uh disclaimer not guaranteeing any of the players on the screen will be there with us for a similar photo we will try though <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're absolutely buzzing. Like we've we've talked about this since the the start of the podcast about one day. Imagine if we can get over there, and like it's very short time we're managing to get ourselves over there as a podcast. Um, so if anyone's thinking about trying to get to a game this year, like you know, why not make it this one? Um, why not you know drop us a message as well if you are going to this game. Drop us a message, you know, uh, try and coordinate, you know, meet up um, and stuff like that. And it's just going to be an amazing weekend. Um, you know, us over there at MetLife watching the game. Till uh, It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and also bear in mind that, uh, you know, myself, Shane, Kev, Dan, we'll all be there Thanksgiving as well. We're going to, we're planning to go to a bar um, and watch the games. So let us know if you're going to be around. We're more than likely end up watching the Black Friday game as well. So we'll try and let you know where we are. And like Dan said, like Kev said, like Shane said, reach out, speak to us, throw us a DM on Twitter. Even if you just put a post in the Facebook group, because we're all on the Facebook group, we'll look at it, we'll we'll have a chat to you, and we'll try and arrange just to meet up, because as much as we're out there to, well, have a holiday, some of us, we're out there to promote the podcast, and we're also out there to meet up with some people over in the States that we've spoken to for months and months. So we cannot wait. I cannot wait. Any excuse to go back to America, my first time in New York. So let's do it. Hell yeah, let's do it. I mean, and uh, your guest you had on Wednesday evening, Craig, I know he said mentioned something about tailgating. El Jefe, see you at the tailgate, man. See you at the tailgate. Um, I can see she, I, I guess to drop something there. And it was, it was like trying to say, tell El Jefe not to, not to mention anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> just cut it, cut it, cut it. <laughs> exactly yeah. that. Just... But going to give a shout out as well to Paul, the ambassador. So we probably will be between both tailgates um, before the game. Uh, Paul Ambassador is an amazing guy. We met him. He came over for the London game. Um, absolutely top, top bloke. Always inviting us over. Always doing the best he can to sort of help us with tickets or the group that is, you know, not just the podcast and stuff like so. Um, yeah, absolutely buzzing. I mean, like, we're all massive, massive Giants fans. Like, everyone listening and watching to this and everyone in the Facebook group. So to be able to go easy feet, like, we know how difficult it is to get over there, you know, with the cost and the time and everything. Uh, so for us four to be able to coordinate and manage to do um, a trip together um, wasn't easy to put together, but, you know, we are doing it. Uh, reach out, talk to us, you know, find out if you want to come over. Um, we'll definitely help you meet meet up and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be one hell of a week, and it's all going to be topped off by getting the win on Sunday afternoon against the Patriots. And then... We then go into our bye week. Hey, <laughs> week 13. Bye week. <laughs> Talk about calm down. Um, it? But it's it's the latest we've had our bye week since 2001. So 22 years since we've had a bye week this late. So we definitely need that sort of mini bye at the beginning of the season, don't we? Um, but hopefully off the back of a strong start, giving us a nice break before we hit the business end of the season in the lead up to the playoff. So it's a kind of it's a nice, it's a nice time for the the buy, um, after, and especially you know it gives us a sort of a week to get back and recover and talk about the game and no doubt regain our voices and get over the hangovers and yeah, it gives us a little bit of time to sort of reconvene and get back on here. So yeah, it's, I think we've chosen a great time to go over. Anyway, week fourteen then moving on brings the second of our legacy games to MetLife as the Aaron Rodgersless Green Bay Packers. Come to town on Monday Night Football again, another primetime game. What's going on? We go forever and we're not getting any primetime games, and then all of a sudden you get like six in one year. Not complaining. Love Giants in primetime. Uh, Packers started the season last year uh, with the loss to the Vikings, and then really sort of throughout the season was a bit up and down. They had a three-game win streak. They came to London. They lost to the Giants in London. And then the scene took a turn for the worst, and they ended up with a five-game losing streak including that collapse in London. Uh, they managed to break that streak with a overtime victory against the Cowboys, but they couldn't really carry that momentum on and ended up losing uh, to the Lions in week 18 and ended up 8-9 and nine and out of the playoffs and Aaron Rodgers waved bye-bye to title town. Packers, week 14. How are we feeling about that? I think, in all honesty, a lot of what we just said about the Patriots could be kind of laid at the door for the Packers as well. And a lot of that is going to be depending on what they've actually got with Jordan Love. Um, he's kind of not really had much of a look in because of Aaron Rodgers being there. But now Aaron Rodgers has gone. Um, and, you know, I, I think a lot of the things you say for, for the Patriots could potentially be laid very similar to the Green Bay Packers. And we maybe saw a little bit of a, a step back for them last year. Um and, you know, they've not made many additions that make me think they can make a step forward this year. No. Yeah, I mean, again, like uh, everything Shane just said, I mean, it's very much similar to um, the Green Bay. I mean, uh, Pac, uh, Patriots. It's so funny how these two teams are powerhouses for so long. And now it's kind of weird. I mean, I might be a strong term, but um, 
again, this team doesn't scare me. Doesn't scare me at all. I mean, I think we can go and get a win here and and come out the comes off a bye week, which is nice because a bye week will definitely give us time to sort of regroup, see where we are, what we need to do to make a push for the playoffs. And I'm, I can see us, yeah, with, with time to be able to get ready for this game and definitely get the win. Yeah, they gave, obviously, Jordan Love a, 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 an extension, didn't they? A year extension. I'm, I'm not sure if that's so much a vote of confidence as a, hey, look, let's just tie you up for two years and let's take stock at the end of those and let's just see what happens the next two seasons. Um, that's very much what it feels like to me anyway. And as you've said, you know, again, it, it nothing excites me about this team. No. I mean, they lost half their roster to the New York Jets, what it seems like. Um, did they? Uh, did they actually add? Any, did, did they actually add anyone to the roster, Shane? Anyone of note? Not particularly. No, I'd say they lost more than they they added. Um, but they lost, like we mentioned, Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard, Robert Tunyon, Chris Barnes, Darren Reed, Randall Cobb. You know, they lost a lot of players. Um, you know, main ones they added: Tavarius Moore and Rudy Ford. They've not really added anything that makes you go. Oh shit! We need to consider <laughs> these next season. <laughs> yeah, Nothing watch out, Rudy Ford. But, uh, yeah. yeah, and then through the draft as well, it was kind of like you know they added Lucas Van Ness, who's more of a blue collar edge rusher. You know, got all sort of like the, the uh, skills and talent, not quite the production yet. Um, they took Mossgrave, a good pass catching tight end. Um, and they took another uh, tight end, Tucker Craft. You know, I think it was sixth on my board. Another sort of like well-rounded tight end. He's more like blocking and passing. Again, you're kind of like taking Musgrave, you're Darren Waller early, and then going back and getting Tucker Craft, which is more of your Bellinger type. Yeah, I just, I just don't see. Uh, Green Bay being a threat to us at all. I, I can see them probably finishing bottom of the NFC North. I mean, Minnesota. They might be right there, yeah. I mean, they, they won it last year. Chicago, mm. they're on the up. Detroit, they're on the up. It's definitely not title town in the next couple of years for Green Bay, so we'll see. But no, Win. I, I can only see a win against Green Bay in Week 14. Put it that way. We're back on the road in Week 15, going to the Deep South, going to Anna's team. Um, evening, Anna. Uh, to square off against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Saints experienced a challenging season last year with Dennis Allen taking over as head coach. Uh, end of the season seven and ten. Um, bounced back with you know had a few good wins in there. Winning against the Seahawks. Uh, win against um, the Falcons at the beginning of the year, but again, inconsistency followed. And like I said, that seven and ten record at the end of the season was kind of where they was, where they were, and they weren't any better than that, but they weren't any worse than that record. Um, what do you reckon about the Saints on the roads? We've uh, been notoriously bad against the Saints on the road in the Superdome, but obviously no Drew Brees anymore. So could we get the win on the road? 
again this is another one where you could literally just repeat everything we've said for green bay and for new england in all honesty you know they've not got drew Brees. i've not got um yeah, drew, payton. yeah sean payton i can claim here thanks dable um yeah they've not got sean payton anymore uh michael thomas he's kind of you know, dropping off. I had a lot of injuries over the last few years. Uh, is Jameis Winston still the starting QB there as well? No. He's so, uh, back up. So, you know, he ain't going to be eating any of them W's. Uh, if you <laughs> don't know what I want to get, you need to watch Hard Knocks uh, or whatever it was on. Um, so, yeah, you know, again, for, for the Saints, I genuinely feel it's a lot of what I've said with New England and Green Bay. Yeah, again, like, uh, it's exactly a rinse and repeat type thing. Like, you know, they've made so many big losses that you know, they're not a team that scares us anymore. Um, although I will, the only thing I will say about this, like, this is a sneaky road game I would love to go to. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, as, as Dan alluded to, uh, this is my wife, Anna's team. Um, can I get away with I'm just here so I don't get fined? <laughs> do you think, yes. Do you think I could, do you think I could get away with that and and just not pass an opinion? <laughs> You're just uh, here so you don't get. I a think that will get you more in trouble. <laughs> uh, in all in all honesty, um, I I totally agree. The Saints are uh, they're an inconsistent team. Uh, I'd like to see them do well in other games, uh, not this game, because uh, the rivalry is strong in our household. Um, and I think the series, since we've both become fans, uh, is either split or slightly in favour of Anna. So it would be nice to kind of even that up. Um, but yeah, they've, they've made some interesting additions. Let, let's see. Let's see. I'm not. I'm not going to go too controversial. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not brave enough. Is <laughs> uh, a man who <laughs> man who values his uh, cojones. Shane, mm. who have they added? Yeah. So um, obviously, I completely forgot they added Derek Carr. That's kind of very worried on about him. Um, they also added. Really? Um, Jamal Williams, who had a productive year in all honesty with the, the Lions last year, had a ridiculous amount of touchdowns considering the, the kind of competition there. Um, and then they lost Andy Dalton. Um, <laughs> I always laugh at this guy, Marcus Davenport, how he made it into the first round, God only knows. But, you know, that, that one didn't pay off. Um, they made yeah, a they, massive they, move to go get him, didn't they? Yeah, they get up a future one, if I remember right. Like that mm. just didn't pan out at all. Um, but yeah, you know, that they've kind of been the main ones I've added in free agency and lost in free agency. Yeah, and through the and draft, they've um, they made some interest. Yeah, so okay. in the draft, they uh, picked right. up Brian Brissy, who anyone listening will know I've uh, I like him a lot. I thought he was a fantastic interior defensive lineman. They got him the 29th overall. Um, they picked up my boy Isaiah Foskey on another day in the second round, pick number nine. Um, just a really good sort of edge-setting defensive end. You know, he's got an all-time sack leader from Notre Dame ahead of Justin Tuck. Um, and, you know, Kendrick Miller, another, like, sort of solid starting caliber running back. They also, just another one, they got um, Jake Hayner out of uh, uh, Fresno State, who was where uh, Derek Carr went to school. And Derek Carr was very complimentary of the pick. And, I don't know, just watch out for this one, because I think this might be a sneaky one. You know, Derek Carr, like, grooming the next QB to maybe take over from him. 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, Derek Carr goes from playing in silver and black to gold and black. He likes his precious metals, obviously. Um, I mean, it's an upgrade, yeah. Gold's worth more. But I, I, I mean, I can see us going to the Superdome and sort of breaking that hoodoo and getting the win in week 15. I think we, we're too, we'll be too strong for them, personally. But obviously, week 15's a long way away. It's middle of December, and we're only in the middle of May at the moment, so it's still seven months away. So a lot can change between now and then, but I can't see us going there and and losing, put it that way. Anyway, moving on, last three weeks of the season, week 16 and 18, uh, sees us come up against uh, our arch-nemesis, arch-rival, divisional rival, the scum that is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, week 16 sees us go on the road to the link on Christmas Day. Um, to take on the reigning NFC champions. And then following that, we round out the regular season in, in the return game at MetLife. Both games potentially could have huge playoff implications for both teams as well. So it really sort of adds that extra level of intrigue to the last, well, two of the last three games of the season. And uh, the Eagles last season had a, I mean, pretty impressive year all year round, didn't they? They went, was it 8 0 to start off the year? Um, Jalen Hurts get injured. Gardner Minshew comes in, struggles a bit in his absence, but then Hurts comes back and leads him to the playoffs and leads him all the way to the Super Bowl. Then, oh dear, they lose. What a shame. Wow. Boo-hoo. Patrick Mahomes went out and beat him in the Super Bowl, so they got what they deserved and they were they were quieting down for another year. Thank God. Hallelujah. Um, Philadelphia, can we beat him this season? Uh, I'm going to kind of contradict myself what I'm about to say now because I, I don't think I think we'll probably lose both in all in all honesty. But I'm really looking forward to the Christmas Day game. Like I've seen everybody else saying, "Oh, that's Christmas ruin. That's a loss or summit." Now, although I think we're going to lose both of them, if you're going to if you're going to with that mentality, you're not going to enjoy the game. Like I'm just looking forward to like Christmas Day, do all the family shit that you do, and then every night time I get to sit there and I get to watch the New York Giants like. Give me a better Christmas day. Yeah, I think um, they they have a really good roster. Like Howie Roseman has built an absolutely fantastic roster. Don't know how he's managing this cap. To be honest, being able to keep all these players. I mean, they have had some some big losses as well. Um, can we beat them? Yes, of course. I mean, uh, we showed with our backups in the regular season last year that we give them a really good game. Um, will we? I have a sneaky feeling we'll take one of one of them, you know, one of the two games. Yeah, I'd be quite happy to split it down the middle with uh, with them. I'm I'm sick and tired of just watching that smug git's face on the sideline, Siriani. Like nothing. I still see gifts from last year's game where he's like just being a smug asshole, and I just want to punch him. He's just got one of those faces. Shane knows exactly what I'm talking about. He, me, and him had had many a conversation over the gifts last year, and I just cannot stand the bloke. I really can't. So I just hope that we can get one over them this year. I mean, the old famous saying that Kevin Keegan, I would love it if we beat them. Yes, Christmas Day. Is. I would love it. If, I would love it if we beat them on Christmas Day. What a Christmas present that would be. Win at the link on Christmas Day. I'll take that. Oh, God. That, that gift. 
just, just to cheer Craig. Um, have they added any? Just to cheer Craig up. Love it. I just want to punch him in the face as well. To be fair, I can't stand the guy. That's 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 probably just because he's the he's the Eagles head coach. But can't stand him. Can't stand him. Um, did they add anyone decent in uh, in free agency, Shane? Not, not particularly. In all honesty, a lot of their key additions sort of come with a re-signings. They managed to bring back Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and James Bradbury, but Kevin Ludi too. I don't know where they do it, but they did. And then, like the thing that really pissed me off, like, this annoyed me massively, was the DeAndre Swift trade. I don't particularly rate DeAndre Swift, but on the Philadelphia Eagles, I do rate DeAndre Swift. But why, why are NFL GMs not saying he's going to gonna score a touchdown be- against us? There needs to be a group chat with 31 NFL GMs. The 32nd one that's not going to be included is Abby Roseman. Get him out there. And they need to make a deal. <laughs> Don't deal with this guy because they keep pulling off ridiculous trades every single year. And it really winds me up. Um, but the key departures, whilst we were just mentioning, they did lose a few good players as well. Javon Hargreave, Chauncey Gordon-Johnson. Again, they got by with a ridiculous trade. Um, TJ Edwards is not a bad linebacker. He's Isaac Samalo and also Miles Sanders, who again is a decent running back for them. Yeah, I mean, they're just how he just he just he's he is the epitome of a wheeler dealer, isn't he? The absolute epitome of a wheeler dealer. Kev, who's there during the draft? Anyone good? Yeah. Oh, God's Next. sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Did you actually want me to read this out? Because oh it's... my god, they just I, no. Uh, how we know exactly who they added. We don't need to go there. They like robbery. Uh, He's a wheeler I mean, dealer. Getting Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter at number nine, and then getting Nolan Smith at number thirty. And they like they picked up Sidney Brown, who's a, a great uh, safety. I think he was fifth safety on my board in the third. Getting Keely Ringo in the fourth. He traded up in the fourth round on day three we, to pick up who a player who in the first round, yeah. Who we mocked in the first round because he had all the intangibles. But to be fair, we didn't think DeAndre Banks would fall to us, so obviously that's why we went there. And then just add insult to injury, right? They added Moro Jomo, the t- defensive tackle out of Texas, in the seventh round. Who I had the third round grade on, and I thought could have come in and be a starter in this league. It's just, it's just phenomenal what they can do. So the Eagles are the team to beat in the NFC again, then, yeah. <laughs> and talk right, we'll beat on Christmas Day. It's fine. It's fine. Be positive. Think positive. Christmas Day, we'll get the win. Anyway, enough about the Eagles. Uh, week 17, our penultimate game. It would be interesting, uh, though, for Keenan. Dave's is... Carry on. No, I just would say, it would be interesting to see if we needed uh, two wins on the last three games to make the playoffs or something, and we end up playing them twice and need to get something off them. Oh, that would be tough. But you know what? If we did, if it did get to that and we needed two wins out of three, I think we'd be well up for it. And we'd we'd give them a, give them a run for their money, anyway. But yeah, like I said, week seventeen, Trader Dave's best buddy Sean McVay comes to town, brings his LA Rams to town on New Year's Eve. Uh, Rams, let's face it, had a bit of a Super Bowl hangover and had a pretty disappointing season last year, ending five and twelve. Obviously, a significant decline on their championship year the year before. 
Matt Stafford got injured, Cooper Cup got injured, and they were just, I mean, it could come, come the end of the season, they were piss poor, really, weren't they? Um, Rams to sort of round, sort of week 17, almost to round out the season. How are we feeling about that? That's got to be a win, surely. Again, the, this is another one where uh, these could potentially go down the, the Patriots route, in all honesty, where they're, they're starting to lose a few players. Matt Stafford's now 35 years old. I don't know if he's going to be 36 during the season or going into his 36 year. Um, but the um, you know they've lost some sort of key players and they're, they're kind of not there. Aaron Donald's getting age, age older as well. So I kind of do wonder if these could go down that sort of Patriots-Packers route over the next season or two. Yeah, again, I mean, it's one of those teams that they went all in to win their Super Bowl and they got their Super Bowl. Now you're seeing what happens afterwards when you do go all in and you're starting to just lose players and you can't keep everyone, you can't pay everyone, you pay your stars and you have to make sacrifices in other areas. Um, so again, I think it's just one of those teams that we should be firing all cylinders trying to make a playoff run and this is another team that we just take a W off. Yeah. Um, does anybody really know if if Stafford's starting next next year? I, I know that there were rumours that he might potentially not be ready. Or I mean, I still don't think we know exactly what his injury was that ended the season last year. But you're right. I think they've um, they went all in. They got the Super Bowl. You walk away and you go, "Good job, boys. We'll go again in a few years and and we rebuild." So I'm quite happy to take them second to last game of the season. I, I imagine their season will be over by that point and half the players will be on the beach. Popping those corks for New Year's already. Yeah. Did they add anybody decent in the off-season? Or have they added anybody decent in the off-season so far, Shane? Yeah, so the um, the main ones that I've brought in is probably Hunter Lung. Um, they got him as part of that trade that I mentioned earlier on with Miami, which meant they did lose Jalen Ramsey. Um, they lost more players than they actually gained, but players of no. They lost Leonard Floyd, who I still believe is a free agent at the moment. Obviously, I alluded to Bobby Wagner earlier on. Uh, Alan Robinson, though, moved on as well. I think a fifth rounder, potentially, I want to say. Uh, and Taylor Rapp, another guy that I mentioned earlier. So that, they've definitely lost more quality players than that added. Did they replace those quality players in the draft, though, Kev? No. <laughs> no, no so, Simple. So basically, Simple. <laughs> they, they, they added, like, Steve Avia, who I actually really <laughs> like. They got him in the second round. Centre, guard, you know, very, very good player. Um, and edge rusher, Byron Young, you know, he's one of those players, like, It'll, there'll be a film made of him. He's one of those, he's 25-year-old rookie, stacking shelves, went through community college, did all that sort of route, and then ended up being the third-round pick in, in, in this draft. And just worth note as well, the fourth-round pick that we give the Rams to move up to get uh, Jalen Hyatt, they used to draft cor uh, quarterback Stetson Bennett, which I just think is kind of interesting. Stetson Bennett as a starter in this league going forward, but just always a cool nugget to, to find out what uh, they picked with the pick we give them. I, I might mean, be with a name like I Stetson. Might, I might be completely wrong here, Kev and Shane. So correct me if I'm wrong. Who? What? It, I 
was it the Rams that drafted a kicker and a punter? Or am I... Who was it? They're stuck in my head. Was that the Patriots, was it? I can't remember. It wasn't the Rams. I do have a feeling it might have been the Patriots, I think, off the top of my head. Let me have a look at their draft. Yeah, the Rams drafted a punter in round seven, but no kicker. Oh, I, I think it was the Patriots. Yeah, Patriots. Patri Patriots. Patriots, round four, Chad Ryland, kicker out of Maryland. And then round six, Bryce Barringer, punter out of Michigan State. So I don't want to go back too far, but punter and kicker in the same draft? Is that a waste of draft picks? That's a complete rebuild, that is. <laughs> Anyway, that's literally, true. I think I think I, I think because of the position, just very quickly, I think because of the can go undrafted free agents tryouts near enough every year. To be honest, hmm. yeah, the Rams games a W. Yeah, it just shame, it's just a shame it's sandwiched between two games against the Eagles. That could be tough, but I, I think we can win one of them at least. It'd be great to beat to win and win both of them, wouldn't it? And round out the season strongly. There we go. That's our uh, a deep dive of the roster. Let us know what you think. Uh, the roster, the schedule. Let us know what you think. Um, let us know what your sort of highlight games are. Let us know what games you think we're going to trip up on. Any trap games? Um, get in touch with us. Let us know in all the usual ways. That is, believe it or not, after an almost an hour and fifty minutes. All we've got time for this week, Giants fans. Um, we'll be back in our usual slot at 8.30 on Wednesday where we'll be putting our early predictions in for the 2023 season uh, and giving some uh, way too early bold shouts as well. Plus, we'll bring you the latest news from the Giants as I know there's uh, some signings of contracts been going on recently, so we'll uh, take a little look at some of those next week. Anything to add before we go, guys? Just if you're still listening, thank you ever so much. Hopefully you're not nodded off listening to this and use it as a bit of a uh, help to sleep. Um, but, you know, obviously two big announcements in regards to watch parties and where we're going to be attending. Please do genuinely get in touch with us and let us know if you plan on coming to one or both of them. Yeah, just reiterate what um, Craig said, uh, Shane said, come down to London, it's We've tried to sort of get things booked early so we can, you know, let people know so, you know, people can try and, you know, find a place to stay, travel arrangements, stuff like that, uh, to give everyone plenty of notice, to get those permission slips signed from the, the bosses in the household. You know, let's go down against Commander. It's a big game, individual game. Get a win. And if you do, you are going to the States, so you are going to uh, the Patriots game. Again, get in touch. And it should be a fantastic weekend of so all like trying to get together as many supporters from this side of the pond over that side of the pond. Yeah, absolutely. And just um, one quick shout out from me to Kev, who uh, who spent his time uh, earlier on this week um, arranging the commanders meet up. Um, so a big, big uh, shout out to you, man. Um, I did. I tried to do it last week, uh, last week, last year for the Packers game uh, and it didn't quite go as well. So um you know, big props to, to getting that through. And, you know, I'll just reiterate what everyone said. Thank you for listening. Please attend. Uh, and let's go party in America. Amen. Hell yeah, let's go party in America. But also let's party in London as well. You know, 
it'd be great to see uh, to, to see some of your listeners and meet some of your listeners and watch and viewers in London for the Washington game in October. That'd be great. Obviously, it's our first legacy game of the year. You know, rock out the legacy jerseys. Um, it's always good to rock those out. But um, yeah, really looking forward to to uh, October and obviously to November as well to our trip stateside. But yeah, reiterate what all the guys said. If you are going to either one of them, let us know um, because we'd love to meet up with you and uh, and speak to as many listeners as possible because uh, we do it for you guys. We do it for you listeners. Uh, just quickly, remember- if you do come to the Commander's game, just quickly, if you do come to Commander Commander's game in a legacy jersey, I will buy you a pint. I'm wearing my legacy jersey then. <laughs> <laughs> Bears on you. Nice. <laughs> Sweet. I like that. Get get your legacy jerseys out, lads. Let's uh let's put let's max Kev's credit card out. I'm sure his I'm sure his boss will love that. <laughs> Uh, remember to to subscribe to the YouTube channel hit the little bell to get the latest updates and notifications, follow us on Twitter on Facebook and Instagram Uh, just search for Big Blue UK and Ireland we're all part of the New York Giants fans UK Facebook page, we are meeting up with those guys, jointly sort of running the meetup in October with those guys so give them a like and follow on Facebook as well you can find us there, you can chat with us there as well um and if you want to get in touch with us via email, you can do bigblueukirl at gmail.com. We're also part of the Full Turn Yards Network. Check out the website, fullturnyards.co.uk forward slash giants. My thanks as ever go to you, Shane, to Kev and to Craig for joining me. To you, the listeners, for tuning in, for watching, for listening. Signing off to the next time. 